Uh, Father, I, I pray, Lord, that you'd uh, have your word come alive today. And uh, Lord, I thank you for our baptism coming up, Lord. And I just, just pray that you'd lay on the hearts right now those who need to be baptized there on the 17th. Lord, you put it on their hearts. Lord, just to devote themselves back to you. We thank you for your free gift that you give us in Jesus. And uh, we receive it. And Lord, we want, Lord, to discover our purpose, Lord, and to be satisfied with what you've made for us, Lord. Uh, You're the creator of our soul, of our being, and you know how to fulfill your promises in our hearts and our lives. So I pray that you'd make your scriptures come to life today, Lord, with your power. In Jesus' name, if you agree, can you say amen? Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. God is good. God is always good. You know, um, repeat of the baptism. If if you haven't been baptized, by the way, just, um, you know, let one of our leaders know or let the sign-ups in the back and and, um, they'll help share what baptism is. Or just to give you a little clue. We're not, how many know we're not saved by our baptism? We're saved by our faith in Christ. And if you want to even go back a step, we're not just saved by our faith in Christ. We're saved by what Christ did, what he accomplished. You know, um, there's, you know, we're, we're statements of, of, you know, even what Jane said, you know, you wonder, you know, if you were in a court of law, how you would measure up if you would be convicted of being a Christian. Well, let me tell you, Jesus Christ was put on that court of law. And he was found guilty. He was found innocent, but then took upon our guilt. And that is good news, isn't it? Is it nice to be forgiven? How many have some sins right now that you need forgiveness for? Come on. How about some stupid, how many have made some stupid, stupid life choices? Come on. Who knows someone who made even a stupider choice? Point to them. Just point at them. Just go, he did. Doesn't that make you feel a lot better? I'm just kidding. <laughs> My topic today really is, it reminds me of the football season. Is it the Seahawks? Okay. Okay. Please don't beat up on our Vikings. Okay. Give us a break, please. <laughs> you know, at the beginning of the year, you don't really realize it. How many watch football, by the way? Is anybody any football fans? Good. Oh, good. I'm talking about bunch of football fans. I like it. I am a very diehard football fan, if you don't know that. Very diehard. Like, I'm not just watching games. Like, I, I've coached football for quite a few years, and also, um, you know, I love, you know, studying, like, offensive formations and what they do, coaching styles, all that kind of stuff is very interesting to me. I grew up, my, my father was a coach, not a football coach, a soccer coach, and then I started coaching football, and I played football. Um, so I have a, a real love for it too. And I love when uh, football players give testimony for Christ. And um, I love at the end of the game when all the players come together from opposite teams and pray for one another. I'm the one who tracks the, um, the mini camps at the beginning and the training camps at the beginning of the season. And what you don't see now, but what happened at the beginning of the season is, is that these guys work on the basic things of technique and fundamentals. In other words, they work on their footwork. You might just see a guy blocking, but the way his feet move while he's blocking, the way his body and his girth is shifting is important. 
it's going to make a big difference later when you start dealing with fast players coming at you that you know how to move your body and know where to move them to. Uh, you see wide receivers, those are the guys that catch the ball, when they're running their routes before they get the ball, some guys run and they give away where they're going to go. You know they're going to turn this way. And so they're easy to guard. But the real good running backs, you can't tell where they're going. Or the real good receivers, you can't tell where they're running. They might go left, they might go right. Nothing in them is giving it away because they've put the practice in. Do I hear amen? How many get my parallel here? At the beginning of the season, all that training turns into execution, how you can execute the game plan later in December and January. It's how you... That's what I believe that this sermon is. I believe this sermon is the, the foundation building blocks of things to put first so that God can build things in your life. Every year you might do blocking and tackling and you go, oh, we're back to the basics. But how many know that if a football player has been doing it three years, five years, seven years, even though he goes back to the basics, the basics get much better and much stronger. You get a, a good veteran player who's been playing for a long time and he gets out on the field and he does a great job because he's been doing the fundamentals for so long and he pays attention to them. That's what this is. We're going to talk about how to really hone in on your purpose. We have a great course called Blueprint and a follow-up called Momentum. That's a new class for us. That's how to apply your blueprint. And in our follow-up, we want to, to be able to really hone in on what are the specific giftings that you have, what is specific call, what specific purpose you have. But for now, what we want to do is we want to call that out, but at the same time, we don't want to start designing fancy plays that you got to run if you can't block, tackle, and be in shape. My, my daughter, both my daughters are very, very good racquetball players, one the, my oldest daughter went all the way, you know, uh, to the top of um, Utah and did really well in, in the nation. And my other youngest daughter is now right in the middle of that. And I, I watch her now. She's getting ready for her nationals. She trains. And, and before, if it was six months or so ago, and I'd say, or her coach, Angela, would say, hey, run to the center. She would know what to do, but didn't have the wind to do it. Now, after you train and someone says, this is where you ought to be, it's great to be in shape that you can do what you need to do. How many say amen to this? Amen. God wants the word of God, his word, to be planted in your soul. He wants it to be planted in my soul. I, just the other day, I was getting up in the morning. I was just about to get to all my things of life that I had in my mind, and I had all these things, worries and thoughts in my mind, and I was crying like that little one inside, and all, all of a sudden, the Lord reminded me, just said, hey, I want you to open your heart to me right now, and I literally just took 10 minutes, I, I put his word, I have it on uh, my Mac, my computer, and on my iPhone, and I, I played it, it's a pastor friend of mine, and if, by the way, if you want this, you can have this for free for me, just give, give me one of those uh, flash disk, and I'll copy the files on. I like to hear the word of God rather than just sit and read it. I like to, to listen. And 
while I was listening to it, I, I, my whole heart changed. It changed the whole focus of my day. I realized that my perspective was completely off. The things that I was worried about totally changed. My, they, they changed from worries to concerns to confidence by the end of the 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, I realized God's heart, and I realized that he was working on something very basic for me, not the convoluted, complex thing that I was constructing in my head. And within 10 minutes of just being with the Lord, my day changed. I had conversations with one of my kids, and it was the result of my conversation, which was really beneficial, was because of what the Lord spoke to me in that 10 minutes. It changed the course of my day, and it actually changed the way that I approached my job. How many need some fresh time with the Lord? <laughs> Listen, this basic thing of just being with God, making sure you're connected to him, is so important that you can't build on it. As I go through these, I don't expect you to write them all out and go, okay, I'm going to do this one and this one and this one and this one. I would just like you to listen to the Spirit of the Lord through the Scripture. And, and there may be one or two things, probably just one thing, that God may just single out and say, that's right. This is what you need to focus on. So, Lord... I pray that. I pray that your scripture would have life and penetration to our soul and that it would translate to our action. I feel like the Lord would have me speak to you right now. There are some of you that have struggled with certain sins that have just overwhelmed you and tormented you. Men, I'm speaking to you too. And I say, the Lord wants to free you in the name of Jesus Christ. Find the release and freedom of the Lord. Hear the confidence of God. You cannot deliver yourself. But the Lord says you can take steps. Take steps and watch what I can do. And so we, Lord, we open our hearts, Lord. And there, there's some moms even I just sense in my spirit that are, are looking for clear guidance. You wonder what kind of mom you're going to be. You wonder how you're going to lead your family. The Lord's saying, make me first, and I'll show you who you are. And as you know who you are, you'll be able to speak to your kids to tell them who they are. Father, pour out your spirit in the name of Jesus. Make this word come alive. You love these people, Lord. You love them and you know them, Lord. In Jesus' name, do I hear amen? Amen. Okay, number one, basic building blocks to say it with me. Say, make God first. Make God first. I I know that this could be so redundant. I know, make God first. But I'm telling you, God has already made you a priority. There's the cross. Has he not? The Bible doesn't say that how we love God. Doesn't it say this is love? Not that we loved God first, but that he first loved what? Us. This is where the emphasis is. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Just say it. Say with my heart. Say with my soul. Say with my mind. Say with my strength. This This is the love. This is our response to the love of God. And then it's not only that, but it's love your neighbor as yourself. Remember, God is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. If our life won't be about love, 
It's going to be a resounding glong, gong. It is going to be a clanging cymbal. You know, the Bible says that without love, you are nothing. You gain nothing. Love has to be the centerpiece. If you want to get to purpose, love has to be first. You want to make your marriage stronger, love first. Amen? You start to get love for your spouse, communication will come. You know, we don't know how to talk. Find love. Find God. Once you have love, you understand the cross, you'll not only be forgiven yourself, but you'll know how to forgive your spouse. It'll be a new day. Some, you need to forgive your kids. Kids, some of you need to forgive your parents. Guess what? You found out they weren't perfect. Right? There's only one perfect parent in this room. And I hate to brag, but I'm just kidding. No, far from it. Far from it. Make God first. Can everyone say, with my time? With my time. It's so important. I, I mentioned this for one of my commitments to the Lord because I always take a time where I, I make my heart available to the Lord. But the Lord has been pushing me to do it more in the morning. Do the first thing. And I, I tend to go, Lord, right after I do this, and right after I do that, and I'm going to do this first. And Lord, I'm going to kind of busy my mind. Or I go, Lord, I don't really like, you know, how my day yesterday was. I feel like I blew it yesterday. And then I start to feel guilt toward it. And then I'll avoid the Lord. Listen, how many could honestly just commit five or ten minutes with the Lord first thing? First thing with your heart. Just to open it up to say, Lord, I want to open my heart to you first thing this year. What would your year look like? Just opening your heart to God. Can everyone say first? First. He'd be the first one that have access to it. Listen to what he says here. Seek first his kingdom. His kingdom, his presence, his power, his plans, his purpose, and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. He's saying the pagans run after all kinds of things that they think are important. And that's it is the world has, once your career finally takes off, you're going, yeah, I finally got it. You finally get that pay raise. Oh, I make five grand more. I make 10 grand more. I make 50 grand more. Whatever your price bracket is. You're going, yes, trust me. No matter how much you make, without that peace of the Lord, it'll just be distraction with more money. It really will. And you, you don't think so. And I've had lots of money, and I've had a little bit of money. And I've been in both camps. The only thing that brings peace is the Lord. Amen? And listen to what he says. God, he says, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. Can everyone say all these things? One more time, all these things, they will be given to you as well. Right? The pagans run after that stuff. Oh, well, seek me. Okay. And you'll get all that as well. Yay. This is good news. Amen? Listen, make God first in my, with my direction. There's all kinds of things that will give you advice. You know, little books, little maps, you know. But God is the word. His word is like a lamp unto our feet. It's kind of like when you make that connection with God in your heart, it's like GPS all of a sudden activates in your soul, and you all of a sudden know your location. And you go, oh, here I am on the map. I understand where my heart is. 
And then you go, where should I go? And instead of just randomly picking a spot or letting other people tell you where you need to be or letting your sales force, you know, this got to be here, you got to close this deal. Open yourself up to the Lord and watch how he directs you. And God can open up doors that are crazy. It's like having your own Yelp system. You know, I, I type in Yelp and it tells me all the nearest locations. But when I turn to the Lord, he tells me all the nearest locations where I can be fruitful. Amen? Hello? Hello? Is anyone out there? Is there anybody out there? All you are is just another brick in the wall. I'm just kidding. And his pagan roots finally come to the surface. <laughs> Listen, he says he's a lamp, a teaching, it's a light, it's a correction, and instruction. They're a way to life. We were, Jody and I were at this Chinese restaurant the other day. And the waitress came down, and Jody just has a way of starting a conversation, and you know, the, where they were, had this open conversation. I was just watching my wife be my wife. And she's talking to her, and the lady opened up. She was saying, hey, she was talking about this parenting thing that she's going through. And she's going, oh, man, it's driving me crazy. I can't get my kids to sleep. And she was naming all the stuff. And my wife said, you know, you should take my, my husband's teaching this parenting class. You should go to it. And she named what the issue was. And I go, oh, yeah. I go, I go, it's based on the Bible. God's got answers for that. That doesn't have to be an issue anymore. And she goes, Really? How many have ever seen those dog shows where, where they all of a sudden they get a dog trainer comes in and trains the dog? Right? I know that's not the perfect analogy, but people go, my dogs are out of control. I can't believe it, man. There's something wrong. And then they go, oh, my baby's colicky and teething. Yeah, it's been teething for four years. <laughs> How's your kid doing? He's colicky for 20 years. He's still teething. He's 25. Yeah, but he's teething. He's just got to, I think it's the Irish blood. I don't know. It's got to be something. Maybe it's you. Maybe the parenting class is about the parent. How many want to enjoy your parenting? Right? And, and the, thing, the, the thing, my point here is, here we were like four feet from somebody that I know that we could totally help. Because you see the dog nanny or the dog trainer come in, and in 15 minutes, those dogs are just sitting there and they're training. And that's dogs. Do you don't think human beings want kids, want to have a little order in their life that they want to hear from God? That they, they want peace? You know, it's like, we don't want peace in our house. We want to yell at each other. Trust me, I've done it too. But you know what? God's ways are best. Amen? Do, do you, this, this correction, instruction as a way to life God's word at the beginning of 2016, God's word as a foundation will change your business, your life, your relationships, everything. Everything. God can change. How many say amen? And this one here, and I I can't overstate this one. Make God first with my heart, with your heart. It's got to be with your heart. This is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. You know, we, we had service, the first, first service, and Jay, Jay was up here, and he wouldn't mind me saying this, but he was just undone by the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit was just working in his heart. And, and it's kind of like, I'm so glad we're not the professional church. You can be undone on our stage if you want. You don't have to be polished. Amen? And, and listen, there are so many things that are calling for our time. But better is just one day. There's times when chaos is all around you. It, everything that you point to just looks impossible. It can't be solved. There are some things that are just out of your control. Some things are out of your ability. Some things are just out of your sphere. But you feel a longing from God that this is for you. Some things are so broken, there's no way it could be fixed. You can't come up with a plan. You go, what, maybe this, maybe that. You, but you go, ah, every plan's terrible. And so you want to sit and fret, or you can run away, or you can just get stoic and just push through, or you can actually open your heart to the living God. Better is one minute in the presence of God to just open your heart to say, God, look at my circumstances. They're out of my control. And then getting a sense of the glory of God and seeing who he is. That's why I love that we start our services with worship because it brings you into the presence of God right away. You can just sense his spirit. And there's a peace there that he wants to sustain. He doesn't want it just for a minute. Better, and David cries out, he goes, man, I've been, he's been in front of other kings. He's been, you know, had mighty speeches. But better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather have the piteous job in, in the place where the presence of God is than sit in the, the tent of the wicked and sit there and prosper in their world because there will be no peace there. You know, they have all these reality shows on and they, some of them, you just see the sadness of the people, you know? All right. How many get something out of this so far? How many God, God, God spoke one thing to you so far? Just raise your hand, honestly. One thing, that's all it is. Make God first, listen, with my talent. (sighs) The story goes like this. There are three people, and they each get a talent from God, a certain a portion. The first one gets one talent. The second person gets two talents. And the third one gets five talents. A, a lot of people um, interpret this as, at birth, God gives you certain gifts and abilities. Or, as you become a believer, God gives you spiritual gifts that you can apply. They could be tied to natural ability or not. The guy with the two talents invests the two talents and he doesn't get rewarded for making money because he does make money. We don't know what he invested in. We just know because it doesn't mention it. It just knows that he did invest it and he gets lauded in a positive way. (coughs) Excuse me. Because he invested. Everyone say because he invested. This is so important. It's because he invested. It's not the return he got, but the fact that he did it. And, and the second one is, he, the other guy's got five talents. So he's got a lot of talents. Look, I've got a gifting in this and gifting in that and talent in this and resources for that. He invested those five and he gained five more. Now he's got 10. The one with two now has four. And it says the guy with the one talent, it says he, 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 bur- he buries that talent. 
And I, 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 I use Pete as an example. How many enjoy Pete, Pete Calamari's guitar playing? <clears throat> Listen, Pete is someone who has taken his talent and invested it. Do you know that he is excellent? How many say amen? He, he's not just another guitar player at a church. Trust me, he is excellent. And it's because of the fact that not only does he invest his talent, but he invests his talent in the Lord. Amen? And so two talents becomes four talents. Three talents becomes six talents. Four talents become eight talents. Should I keep going? Because I can count at least four or more high. <laughs> 221 talents becomes 442 talents. I'm kidding. And then look what he says. His master says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with, just say it with me, say a few things. Do you want a different year? God is going to give you a few things. What are you going to do with the few things? I see this kind of a tree happen. The fountain from God, or this flow, this fountain from God of giftings and encouragement comes down. And sometimes God puts people in your life that will invest in you. I'm investing in you right now. But you get an investment and it comes to you. And for some people, it just stops right there. They get the investment. They get the gift that they're given. And then they just sit on what they have. But God's desire is that that flow would keep going, that you'd be able to give it to someone else. The guitar playing you hear isn't just for him. It's to bless you. It's to bring, as the presence of God comes, I think God loves the excitement of what it is. Worship in heaven is going to be amazing. Do you imagine, imagine how God reveals himself now. Imagine when we get to the very throne room, it's going to be so overwhelming, right? It's going to be awesome. There'll be no more rap music, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I, every, every year I pick on a new, I pick on a new something. I, last year it was country, but all the country people started getting on me. So I couldn't think of anything, so rap, rap was it is, and I, I do enjoy some rap. Listen, I put you in charge of many things. I will put you in charge of many things. Can everyone say a few things? Say many things. There it is. Few things God, at the beginning of the year, he's going to give a few things. Can you tackle? Can you block? Can you get your feet work, footwork good? Can you listen to the coach? Can you pay attention? Can you show up to practice? I know that some people, you come, it's the first year, and you go, oh, I'm going to go to church. Listen, do you know that the church is designed for you? It's designed to equip you. I want to encourage you. Don't make church and our common body coming together to worship the Lord and the release of his spirit be something that's infrequent. Let it be something that you commit your heart to. To say, the Lord, I'm going to open my heart to the things that you have. God's not just trying to build a church. He's trying to build a people. Amen? And he says, I'll put you in charge. Come and share your master's happiness. That's what it is. It's about the master's happiness. Now, make God first also with your portion. The one, guy with the one talent takes it and he buries it. And it's basically like, thank you. I got this talent that I have. But, you know, should I invest it in stocks? Should I put it in options? Should I put it in real estate? 
You know, should I put it in my own talent? Should I hire a teacher? Uh, I don't know. I better just, better just hold on to it and keep it. You know, he, he, do you know that he calls him a, because of that, he calls him lazy and he calls him wicked. This has been given to you. Look what he says. He says, take the talent from the guy with the one who buries it and won't invest it. And you wonder, how did the guy with 10 talents end up with 11 talents? Because he, he invested the five, got five more, and then he got the one talent from the guy who won't use it. You know, we, we have a great leader in, in our movement called Amy Semple McPherson, who was a, a leader in the early, she came from the Salvation Army, but she was a leader in, the, in our early church Foursquare movement. And they said, well, why are you leading it? And she said, well, God came to about 20 men, and they all said no. <laughs> so finally she said, well, I'll go evangelize. Put the speaker on, and I can preach to the crowds. Tell them who Jesus is. How many say amen? amen? Listen, rise up to the talent that you have. Do you know how many gifts and talents God has put into this room? I, I love it. You know, where's Kenny? Is Kenny here still? Is Kenny here? You know, I, I love watching Kenny and Adam and some of these young leaders, Christian. I love them. God is just raising them up to the, to the way that he's calling them to be. My son, Caleb, you know, others that God is raising up. They just take steps forward. Are you, you know, the, the, the staying in base camp is to get out of the boat. How many need to get out of the boat this year? Come on, raise your hand. You, I need, just say it, I need to get out of the boat. Listen, you might drown a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I know what that's like. I've almost drowned before. I, I know exactly what that's like. You still have to take the step out. You, you're not going to get that back. Take the talent from him. Give it to the one who has 10 talents. Listen, whoever has will be given what? Everyone say more. Is that a great word? Say it again. More. No, oh, you can't say that in the church. Sure you can. More. It's a biblical word. More. Come on, one more time. More. Listen, whoever has will be given what? More. And they will have what? Uh, no, what? Abundance. Uh, why would Jesus say this? Because he's saying the conduit of my throne, the, the flow of grace and power and love flows with force. Right? It comes, boom. And God's saying, I'm looking for those conduits who will move it into the world. Because his conduit is you. You are the miracle. You are the example. You are the witness. Like John said, we saw him. We have seen him. He is the light of the world. And Jesus says, now I send you. You are the light to the world. Can I hear amen? amen. <laughs> last thing here. Yeah, last thing here. Make God first with your treasure. I can't emphasize this enough. I, I, was t I, I have a pastor I'm going to be meeting with this week. Because he, he reminds me of, of me a few, a few years ago in this one thing. He's a, a good leader. But he has got one, they've got, he lives in another, another place. And he, he was, t he had talked about how 
because one of his campuses, one of the church campuses of another church, one of their church plants was, was closing down. I go, why? And it's just like, well, he goes, people don't give, so we can't expand. And do you, do you like to ask, you know, people for resources? No. And I was going, oh, I used to be just like that. I used to come to church. Well, I, I, do you know I struggled for two or three years at least where every time we would talk about finances, I'd go, no, no, because I'd invite someone to church and then all of a sudden they hear me talking about money and they go, I knew it. This guy just wants our money. I, I, literally, I, I struggled with that for a long, long time until finally I got converted. <laughs> do I hear amen? I got converted. Because I've been giving my whole life, like I, I mean, my whole Christian walk. Jody told me about it. Jody, my wife, led me to the Lord, and she told me about making God first with my finances. And I thought, how am I going to be blessed? I already don't have enough money. You know, because I had given up all my drug dealing for God. <laughs> I, you know, I, I went from de- dealing, you know, <laughs> and the Lord taketh away his light. I went from dealing like 10 kilos with another friend of mine a week, which is a lot of cocaine, to, to one ounce a week. And I thought that was a sacrifice. <laughs> right? And, and the ironic thing is, is, so now I was hardly making any money. And then when I came to Christ, I stopped everything. And, and, and I, had, I gave up my license because I had 30 tickets, so I stopped driving because I've been driving without a license for like two years. <laughs> and, and now all of a sudden, Jody's showing me in the scripture how God wants to be in charge of the money in my life. And for a long time, I did it just because I did it. Because it was there, and it was kind of like I'm a good teammate, I'm going to do it. But it wasn't until the Lord broke the spirit of poverty in my life. He said, Eric, I'm not, this is not what I'm calling you. Because you know what? People can live in an impoverished world and still be wealthy in the Lord. And, and I wanted to talk to this pastor and I had to tell him to say, hey, listen. You can't, people can't grow in the church unless they're being conformed to the image of Christ. How many think Jesus Christ is generous? Come on, raise your hand. Tell me you think Jesus Christ is generous. Imagine you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, we need finances in our household. And the Lord goes, I don't know. We're kind of tight right now. Me and, me and the angels are going golfing later, and I'm not sure. I really, I know I have the cattle on a thousand hill, but yours, your, your hill a thousand and four. I don't know if I have enough. Can, can you imagine that? And, and once the Lord convinced me of it, it was like, I, I, now I see a family that's struggling, and I'm going, I, I, I don't want to say it outright because they'll, I don't want them to get insulted. So I just kind of go, hey, yeah, so what's, how are you doing with giving and stuff like that? Well, you know, we're doing pretty good. That means you're not doing good. Do you know that God... Wants us, listen to what he says, honor the Lord with, can everyone say your wealth? With your wealth. And then he says, with the first fruit of, can you say, all your crops. 
Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. These are just, these are basic Christian concepts where Paul says, set aside at the beginning of the week something for the mission of God, making him first. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. You know, these are scriptures that, you know, the Pharisees didn't understand. They did give 10%, but not with the heart. They, They restrain love. Or some people give because they don't want to be under a curse. Can I tell you, Jesus Christ already broke the curse. Amen? We don't, our giving is not going to free the curse. Our giving is going to acknowledge that he is the first fruit of our life. Because our sins are washed away from him, the rest of the crop is clean. Because I give my first fruit to God, the rest of my finances are clean. I know that you aren't, there's going to be several of you that are not going to believe me. And I will just see you next year. And there are some that are just going to trust the word of God and just do it. And I promise you, your whole year will change financially. God wants you to put him first. I, I know that there's an element of let's try it. And God even says, try me in this when he's talking to, you know, the Old Testament, the people right before the hidden times in Malachi. And he tells them, test me in this. See if I won't pour out a floodgate. He says to them. And I know we're in the New Testament. We're in the time of freedom. Now it says, give and it shall be given to you. That's the mandate. Without this, our fear, our money in our life will be our fear point, our anxious point. You'll always be calculating your safety and your security based on the measure of finances and resources that you have. Once you make God first, he will change your stewardship. He will change the way that you think about it. How many say amen? Listen, I encourage you, make God first. He's already made you first. Amen? You want to come up with me to close? Okay. Go for it. Such a good reminder, huh? You know, in the world, it's like people make resolutions. They're going to try harder. They're going to work more. I loved, I, I saw a meme on Facebook. I was laughing. It said, uh, it's another year and I'm, or it's another year since I didn't become a better person. <laughs> I love that because that's really what it's like. But when we commit everything to the Lord, the Bible says that all our plans will succeed. When we commit our time to him, when we commit our gifts and when we serve others using our talents, when we commit our money, our finances to the Lord. All your plans will succeed. And this year, I I have a prayer that I am going to be praying over you. I feel like it's a word from the Lord. I'm praying it over my own family, and um, I want to pray it over you now. So if you would stand with me while I pray this and receive this as a blessing from the Lord in light of uh, the word that Eric just brought, receive this for you elbow the person next to you and say this is for you 
This is Colossians 1, starting with verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's just pray together. Lord, we receive your promises. Lord, we know that they're true because we believe that your word is inspired. Lord, we believe that your word is living and active. God, we believe that it is only your word that can really transform us and change us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we surrender to you, Lord. We receive these blessings. Lord, we want to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you have placed on our lives. Lord, we want to bear good fruit. Lord, we want to understand your will, your perfect will for us. Lord, we want to receive everything that you have for us. And so we just surrender to you, Lord. We give ourselves to you fully. We give you our time. Those first few moments in the morning, Lord, we surrender it to you. We acknowledge you, God. Lord, we want to give you our talents and the gifts that you've placed within each of us so that we can serve you and serve your children and that we can win the lost to come to know you. Lord, and we, we surrender to you our money, our finances, Lord. We know that everything, everything comes from you. Lord, the eyes of all wait upon you. And you give us what we need in due season, and we thank you for that. And we want to respond, Lord, by always being generous on every occasion to be challenged in that. And so, Lord, we just surrender to you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you have revealed yourself to us through your son, Jesus Christ. And we bless you and we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Before you leave, if there's anyone, if... Uh, couple of the prayer people could come forward. Um, if you have never uh, trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have never believed him, believed that he for, has forgiven you, just ask that you would just come forward. And if you need prayer for anything, we want to be available to pray with you. So God bless you and happy new year.